0: Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ.
1: All right, here we are, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church, and we uh, have a special guest for a few minutes here at the beginning. My son, Josh. Who, I'm um, gonna hand the mic to him here. Just hold the little clip there with your hand. Okay. Hey, okay. and Josh, where did you just get back from? I'm <laughs> back from the Philippines. And why are you wearing a sweatshirt? Because it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> Big baby. I'm freezing. My hands are freezing. <laughs> He's freezing in this frigid Pennsylvania summer weather. All right, so, um,. You had quite a trip back, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot of interesting things. How, how long did it take you? Hold, hold it up a little bit. Yeah, right. There. Uh, it took me, I think, three days to get back. <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> Planes, trains, and automobiles? Yeah, it started Um, started in... Uh, can I say where I was? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. yeah, it started in Zamboanga, and then I took a, I guess, like a bus system, not really a bus system, and I had to transfer three times on all of the different borders of all the districts, because uh, you can't pass through if you don't have paperwork, so they had to change drivers. Then, I spent the night in a weird little hotel, and then I got to fly for like the next two days, and I had two different planes, three planes, three planes. and it was just like it was a, it was very stressful. But we made it, to military checkpoints, all that stuff. We made it through. So you're it's here, you're here,
1: yeah. and so now you're you've been doing your masters with Karen.
0: Yep, doing the masters program. Nothing really to it, I guess. Hold it's, on a little bit, yeah, it's not so bad right now. So
1: and you're mm. and you're just praying about the next step?
0: Yeah, yeah, looking at different missions fields to go into. I think I'm gonna talk to Dave Adams. Uh, he, I know he's got a lot of experience as a missionary, obviously, so I'll talk to him about it. Okay. Yeah.
1: And I want you to give one shout
0: out Remember, Yeah. You gotta do the shout, out. <laughs> a shout I, out. Every week I say who's watching. Oh. Okay. So he's gonna give a shout oh, okay, out to okay, okay. we know who's watching. Uh, yeah, so Aunt Rosie is watching. So hello, good to have you see me. I guess I'll see you soon, maybe. Yeah. So. Okay, good. Thank
1: you. buddy,
0: cool. Okay, go get wrapped up in a blanket
1: or something.
0: <laughs> Take a nice hot shower. <laughs> something I haven't had in a while. He
1: hasn't had showers. They had it was sponge baths for six Spong- months. Bucket. bucket cold buckets cold of bucket. water. <laughs> Probably warm buckets for us, but uh, to him it was cold. All right. So thank you, Josh. All right. So uh, he he made a video in the Philippines just before he came back about the Bible. So I'll put that on email or it's also on Facebook. You can track down his little 15 minute video if you'd like to. And next week, I'm, this is the last week of May, but the first week of June, we have a special guest speaker, Kim and I and the kids will be on vacation most of the week. We'll be back for the weekend but we have a special guest speaker, Nate Wilson. Yes, Nate. So you're going to hear Josh if you want to go online and listen to his thing. Or you can listen to next week. Nate will be preaching and doing our communion service for us. So make sure you hear that. And then the next week, June 14th, we're going to be having a, a service. We're going to have a church service finally getting back together again. It's going to be an outdoor service. I'll send all the details via email or if you want to know if you're not of our uh, email chain you can you want to come it's nhcc comcast.net I'll tell you how to get there and everything it'll be on our face or on our website and everything too but we're going to be outside uh, because we can't be inside the school's not open again probably won't be till the fall but the good thing is actually it's actually better to be outside it's gonna be a lot more comfortable safer all that stuff we can uh we'll send all the details but it's gonna be out so outdoors so it's gonna be a real safe environment for all coming together again and if there's ever bad weather we are gonna have to cancel we just won't have it if it's raining and you can just go online again it'll all be online you can follow everything online but also even though we're going to be having services, I'm still going to post something on Saturday. I'm going to preach in the office on Saturday. So even if you are not able to get to our services, this will always be going on from now on through as long as through uh, through eternity. I'm joking. Eternity and beyond. You'll be able to follow the sermons because I'm going to keep on posting them. So uh, so if the weather's ever bad, you can stay on it. But even if you are far away, you're not comfortable going to a church service yet, you can still follow along all. From now on, you're going to be able to follow these sermons, okay? So today, though, moving right along. Oh, my uh, Usually, Sarah clips me up. Okay, I'm good. So today, we are going to be talking about following along with the leprosy stories that we had last time. It's The title is Jesus Heals the Leper and Each One of Us. 2 Kings five one, and then we're going to jump to Mark 1, 40-42, okay? So, starting off, imagine you have a highly contagious disease that could be fatal to you and your loved ones. You have to wear a face covering and stay away from everyone in complete isolation. That's actually not hard to imagine today, is it, <laughs> for all of us? Most of you will probably think of the coronavirus, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about leprosy leprosy which we talked about last time if you didn't listen to that one go back reverse back to Naaman was a leper Second Kings 5 1 we talked about that last time and leprosy is much worse than coronavirus it was definitely fatal they know with the coronavirus the numbers are out now they know that one half of one percent it's fatal for Uh, But imagine, and that's bad enough, half of a a percent is bad enough for us, right? But imagine if it was 100% fatal. That was leprosy. But the worst part wasn't just dying, the worst part was living. You had to live completely alone, completely alone, and then you knew you were going to die alone. The only ones you could even get close. Two were other lepers that were just as hideous as you were, just as repulsive as you were. They were the walking dead, just like you were. That's the only one. That's what happened to Naaman. That's what Naaman was facing, and that's also happened to the man who we will see come crawling up to Jesus today in Mark chapter one. Let's pray, Father. We we know that each one of us are lepers spiritually. I pray that your Holy Spirit would take your word and through your mercy and grace touch each one of our hearts now. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's start off with, I'm going to go back to 2 Kings 5. In 2 Kings 5, I'm just going to read the story again because it really sets this all up. Remember Naaman healed of leprosy? Verse Second Kings 5, 1. Now Naaman was c- commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands from Aram had gone and and taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naam left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message, "'Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel.' So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, "'Go wash yourselves seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed.' But Naaman went away angry and said, "'I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God.' Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Parfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he tells you wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told them, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. A young boy. And last time we saw how we focused on, we're going to spend several months on this, believe it or not, but we focused on verse 1, that Naaman was a leper. He was a leper. He was the walking dead. Do you remember that? Today we're going to jump forward to Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45, where we see a prophetic Fulfillment of Naaman's healing. Naaman's healing was a prophecy. It was a prophetic type. It was a picture of what was going to happen at another time. We see that fulfillment happening here in Mark 1, verse 40, where it says, A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places, yet people still came to him from everywhere. This is a prophetic fulfillment of Naaman's Healing. It's no accident that Jesus Christ's first healing miracle, not his first miracle, the first miracle was changing water to wine, but his first healing miracle, the second miracle, but his first healing miracle was the healing of a leper because this is a picture and a type of sin, of the healing of sin. It's exactly what Jesus Christ came to do to cleanse our sin, to heal our spiritual leprosy, to restore our relationship with God. The leper couldn't go into the worship. Uh, was banned from the temple. And then that's the picture of what sin has done with us. Kept us from God but Jesus healing of our spiritual leprosy has, has restored our relationship with God. Remember last week I talked about Peter and the manure how he couldn't face his grandmother and how that's a picture of every one of us being covered with this manure. Now look at verse 40 where it says I'm going to start here again. A man with leprosy came to to a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on, begged him on his knees, "If you are willing, you can make me clean." Now, now that we understand leprosy because we studied it all last week. Now that we understand what it really is, imagine the pain that this man is in physically, emotionally, and spiritually. He's intense physical suffering, but even worse was the emotional, spiritual suffering. Even worse was the complete rejection of his family. Couldn't go near him, and the rejection of the priest didn't want anything to do with him. He was cut off. That's why it was such a big deal that this man came crawling up to Jesus On his knees. He was breaking all the rules. Remember we talked about that? He was breaking all the rules. He was supposed to stay six feet away from everybody. And if it was windy, he was supposed to stay 100 feet away from everyone. Far away. And he had to yell unclean. If he saw anybody, he yelled, had to yell unclean and everybody would run away from them because they didn't want to catch this. And even if they didn't catch it, even if some, you accidentally brushed up against the clothing of a leper, you just brushed up against them accidentally, you didn't see him, you brushed up against them. That would still make you ceremonially unclean. Even if you didn't catch the leprosy, you were still ceremonially unclean. You were barred from worship for a time because that would be like touching a dead body. Remember the law: you couldn't touch a dead body, or you were barred from worship for a certain amount of time. It would be just like that, touching a, 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 a dead body, because they were the dead body was unclean. The leper is a walking dead. He is unclean. You were barred from worship for a time until you got your proper cleansing. He was probably, the leper was probably listening to Jesus from a distance. At least six feet, but probably a lot further because of a crowd. He had to be far away from everybody. You talk about social distancing. He had to be social distance from everybody, just him. He had to be distanced, but he was, <coughs> he was irresistibly drawn to Jesus. Just like many of us were at one time, drawn to Jesus. In spite of our leprosy, in spite of our sin, in spite of the shame, in spite of the damaged lives, in spite of our scars, we are still drawn to Jesus. Because of that, we are drawn to Jesus. And he's finally so moved with desperation mixed with hope. Both. Desperation mixed with hope. He comes crawling right up to Jesus. What did he look like? Well, Luke, Dr. Luke, Luke who wrote the book of Luke was a doctor. He gives a little more detail. He said, when Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came up, came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Luke gives a whole new detail there. Uh, you know, the face to the ground and all that because he covered leprosy, but also that he was covered with leprosy. That's a doctor speaking. And I was reading about what leprosy looked at. And it was actually a Berean church that gave a great example of this. I, I just love this. I read this years ago and I saved it. But this Berean church was talking about uh, what this guy looked like. And he sa- it says here, the missionary doctor, Paul Brand, whose work with lepers is legendary, says this, explain this. Hansen's disease, that's the extreme form of leprosy that we've been talking about, only numbs the extremities. The destruction follows solely because of the warning system of pain is gone. The routine of life takes its toll upon lepers by cuts, bruises, burns, sprains, broken bones, all without any consciousness by the leper that this has happened. Consequently, he continues with open, festering wounds or limps on twisted legs and gradually becomes disfigured and repulsive to others. So approaching Jesus Christ was this man from whom the eyes would turn away from the repulsive look, whose noses would have been recoiled away from the the stink, the smell, the rotting flesh, whose ears would have heard the raspy voice calling out unclean unclean most likely anyone who was around Jesus would run away leaving Jesus was probably completely alone with the leper at this point because everybody else would have freaked away and run away they would have been horrified and, and mortified and what does the leper say Jesus with his hoarse voice because remember the vocal cords were all ulcerated and covered with his his hoarse vo- voice and his bleeding lips if he even had lips left if you are willing you can Make me clean. Imagine. And he says, if, why did he say if? Because he was used to rejection. His his whole life was rejection. And he doesn't say, if you can heal me. Notice he didn't say, if you can heal me. He said, if you can make me clean. Because leprosy is a picture of sin. It's a picture of what every one of us is covered with. Before we come to Jesus Christ. We are, yes, this guy was dying of leprosy. But his deepest need was to be healed of his sin was to be cleansed of his sin, to be made clean. And look at what Jesus says in verses 41 to 42. Jesus says, it says, filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Immediately. Jesus was filled with compassion. Mark, he says, Jesus is filled with compassion. Mark is the only one to record why Jesus healed him. Luke described what he looked like, but Mark said why he healed him. Because of compassion. The word for compassion in the Greek literally means the bowels. The bowels. Now follow me. And so do have compassion to be the verb for this to be moved with compassion is to move the bowels <laughs> you see originally it was the bowels are moving the bowels but it came over time to stand for the, to mean compassion because to be moved with compassion and the idea is it was a deep feeling to move the bowels to have compassion, that's what it evolved into meaning, was compassion, because it had deep feeling. When we feel something in our intestines, we feel it deeply. If you've ever had uh, stomach virus, you know what I'm talking about, you're gripped, you know, you get hit hard, you're gripped, your whole body is racked by this intense pain because of what has ha- is happening in your intestines. And that is the picture of Jesus here. He was moved deeply with compassion for this leper, for each one of us. For each one of us. That's why he healed this man. That's why he's healed us. That's why Jesus came. That's why God sent his son Jesus out of love and compassion. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life it was jesus came because of his love and compassion for us and then jesus does something mind-boggling mind-boggling he touched the leper filled with compassion jesus reached out his hand and touched him but he, he didn't just touch him the greek word for this is haptoma and haptoma for touch means to G- to fasten to. He, gr- he reached out and gripped this man. Gripped this man. It's the first time that this man had been touched by an, a, a non-leper. The first time he had been touched since he heard the priest decree the curse unclean. The first time. First time. and And Jesus... Touches him. He and touch is so important. That's why Jesus touched him. He could have spoke from a distance. He could have gave a little tap. But he didn't. He gripped him. He gripped him. Touch is so important. That's why that's why I hug people so much. People say, Why do you always hug people? I hug people because touch is so important. New Hope Community Church is a hugging church. You know that. I tell people who are sometimes say, "Why do you always hug everybody? Why is everybody here hugging everybody?" I said, "You know what? That may be the only touch some people here in our church get the entire week, are the hugs that they get here. That's why. And touch is really important. It's vital. We know that babies aren't who aren't touched enough don't develop properly. Kids desperately need to be touched and hugged and love expressed. All of us need this." Everybody, every human being was created with a need to be touched. That's why the coronavirus has been so hard on people. It's not just the financial hardships, it's not just catching the disease. There's they're finding out psychologists are saying that not being touched, that being isolated is, is been is destructive, more destructive than the disease itself. We need to be touched. So when Jesus gripped this man when he gripped this man he had a purpose he had a purpose not just physical but emotional healing it reminds me of remember when Princess died? remember when when she was visiting the AIDS patients back when AIDS was un un, un not understood yet and was everybody was so afraid of it she went into that AIDS hospital and didn't wear gloves and she's touching AIDS patients without gloves and they didn't know she's gonna catch she's gonna die nobody knew at that point but she broke through a barrier when she did that she made it created a sensation she broke through a, a barrier she broke something. And that's what Jesus is doing here. And then Jesus says, I am willing, after gripping him, he says, I am willing, be cleaned. And immediately the man was healed. Immediately he was healed. And it's not just a physical healing, which was great. He got the physical healing. But really, the key was he was cleansed spiritually. That was the key. He was restored spiritually to fellowship. He was restored to worship. He was restored. It was a a spiritual healing. And that's ultimately, cleansed spiritually, cleansed spiritually is ultimately what Jesus Christ came to do. That's what he came to do, to cleanse us and bring us back into a relationship with God, his Father. His Father. Now, just as this this Leper could now go into the temple to worship God. Once we are cleansed by Jesus Christ, we can now go into God's presence. We can now come to God as our Father. There's no more wall of sin or shame between us anymore. By Jesus Christ's death, by his death, he took our sin disease on himself. When he went on that cross, he took our sin disease on himself so that we could connect with God. His father, he touched all of us. When Jesus touched this leper, he became unclean. When Jesus died for us, when he went on that cross, he touched every one of us. He took our sin on himself. He, took, he became unclean so that we could become clean if we put our faith in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If we will put our faith in him. And he says, be clean. Be clean. Jesus says to the leper, be clean. And the word he uses for for cleaning, for cleansing, is katharizo. Now, I don't always use a lot of Greek, but some of these, some of these words today really make a big difference. Katharizo, what does that sound like? Catharize. That's where we get the word katharize from. It's the same word used in 1 John 1. So, oops, I dropped it. Okay, I just dropped it. Hold on, it's the same. I don't know when I dropped it. Hopefully, I just dropped it. It's the same word he uses in First John one seven. In First John one seven, where he says, "The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from unru- from all sin." I'm gonna read that again. The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. That that is the same word. One of the attempted cures for leprosy in Jesus' day was lamb's blood. They would use lamb's blood to try to cure it. Didn't work because only the blood of Jesus Christ, the lamb of God, can cure leprosy can cure our spiritual leprosy. It's the only thing that works. Remember the last time I told you the story about Peter and the manure, how he, he fell in the manure and, and, and uh, got covered and my I was, my sister Phoebe was telling me more of the story. Some parts I didn't even realize. Uh, she told me that, uh, because I had run away, remember? She told me, first of all, that when Peter was following me out in the barnyard, she yelled, Peter, don't follow him. Don't go out. You're, it's dangerous out there. But Peter didn't listen and he followed me out, but he didn't follow me. He went his own way. Uh, then when he fell in. She was the one who went and get to my mom. I thought my mom just heard us yelling, but she said no. She had actually run to get my mom. She and Peter were the same age, both four years younger than me. She went and got my mom, and she. That's why my mom ended up coming and and helping pull me and Peter out. Saved us both, right? Uh, then she also. Uh, reminded me that when I was hosing him off, I used freezing cold water. I didn't know. I just turned on the hose and, you know, I didn't turn on hot or anything. I just let it go out of the milk house. She said I was using freezing cold water. He was freezing, but I did the best that I could, right? Uh, but I couldn't get, She's like, you didn't even begin to get the manure off of him with that freezing cold water. There was no soap, no nothing, right? And then uh, after I walked him home and ran, she told me what happened after that. Phoebe said that his grandmother would not let him into the house, would not let him into the house until he stripped all of his clothes off. And, and then he was allowed into the house and she gave him this bath and tried to get him clean. But she, when she went back out and saw the clothes, she's like, there's no way I'm gonna, gonna be able to get the manure off of that. So she actually made him go bury his clothes, dig a hole and bury them. <laughs> uh, this is a picture of what Jesus Christ has done for us. No matter what we try, no matter what we try to use, <coughs> We cannot change ourselves. We can't change ourselves. It's impossible because our real issue is not is much deeper than skin deep. It's way deep, deep down. It's a deep sin issue. doesn't matter what we try to do externally, what we try to change in in our own effort. We can't do it because it's a deep sin issue. There's no way to get rid of sin and the shame. We stink. We stink and it goes bone, bone deep. It's the stink is bone deep. Only Jesus Christ can cleanse us. Only He can do it. But we must come crawling to him. We must come to the cross on our knees if we want to get this cleansing. Jesus came to heal us of our leprosy, of our sin. That's why he died on the cross, to to, to take our sin on himself. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I'm going to say it several times there. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We can come crawling to the cross, but we have to believe in him. The word believe there means to put our faith in. In the Greek, it's, it means to put your faith in, to completely depend on, to, to completely cling to. It's a picture, the cling to Jesus Christ. That's what it's a picture of, putting our faith in, trusting him to cleanse us. Trusting Him to wash our sins away. Trusting Him to make us a new person. That, and then once we are saved, once we do that, the Bible says we have found salvation. The word is salvation saved by Jesus Christ. But then we must daily come to Jesus Christ for continued cleansing. We're already saved. We're already found our salvation. We already have God as our Father, but we still fall into sin, and it's very important to maintain our Fellowship. Just as we put our faith in Jesus for salvation, now we come to Him for our fellowship to get our cleansing for our fellowship. First John one nine, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. There has to be a daily cleansing, a daily confession, a daily cleansing, so that we keep our fellowship. Uh, close with, with, with God, with our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now remember, leprosy is a visible, physical picture of a spiritual reality. It's a picture of sin and its effects. Remember that. And it's what we all look like, all look like spiritually to God. We all look like we're lepers. We are all spiritual lepers. We are all the walking dead. And it's very important that we understand this, so we can really get our healing and really get our cleansing. I uh, I'll give an example. I was uh, I had was getting a lot of skin cancer treatments. I, I not really. I was getting I was getting a lot of spots that were pre cancer because I liked to be in the sun a lot years ago, and and uh, and so they they would find the, the my. Skin Skin doctor, my dermatologist, she would find these spots on my face. She'd say, well, let's burn this one out. Okay, here's another one. Let's burn every couple years. She'd burn another spot. And uh, so so she's finally like, you know what? Let's just treat this all at once. Instead of burning a little bit here and there, there's a new treatment. Let's treat it all at once. I can give you a special ointment that you put on that will uh, burn all the precancerous spots. Burn them all out all at once. And then you put on another ointment that will heal that. Okay? So first... So first she had me apply this. This she gave me two tubes of medicine. One was to burn, and one was to heal. And I took it home and I put it on to burn it out. And uh, and, and it was supposed to start eating away at the precancerous spot, to eat it away and, and and take care of that. But uh, but after a couple of weeks of of applying that cancer cream, nothing happened. I look pretty good. My skin, I'm thinking, well, she must have got all the spots when she's burning them before. She got them all. There's nothing, nothing bad anywhere. I was pretty good. I called the doctor. She was a little surprised. She's like, your skin had some definite issues. Uh, use it two more weeks. So, okay. So I took the cream and I did two more weeks. Nothing. I was all excited. I'm not going to have to burn my face. I'm not going to look hideous. So uh, I feel pretty good about myself. So I called and, and I got the nurse. And she said, uh, that doesn't seem right. That just doesn't seem right. Sorry, I'm still crying. It's just a, such a touching story. And she says, that just doesn't seem right. And so she said, are you sure you didn't mix the creams up? I'm like, oh, no, no, I wouldn't have done that. I didn't mix the creams up. Just check. Just check for me. Humor me. So I said, okay. And I looked at her like, Oops. <laughs> I said, I am so stupid. I can't believe I'm this dumb. I did mix them up. I can't believe it. She goes, don't get upset. It happens a lot more than you would think. Lots of people do this. That's why I figured that's what you were doing. Uh, and uh, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I did that. So I had to start over again after a month I had to start all over again and I put on the burning cream this time the real cream I was supposed to be putting on and right away red patches red splotches breaking out exploded all over my face uh, uh, right away and I looked like I had leprosy that's what I kept thinking I looked like I had leprosy and I still had to go out in public there was no quarantine going on I was the only one looking like this and I still had a job to do and work to do and kids' games and everything, and I hear I'm going around looking, there was no isolating in place. I had to go out. I even had to preach. I remember being in front of the whole church uh looking like this. And I and I was like trying to make the best of it. I said, well, you know how I always tell the stories about leprosy? I just figured I'd show you what it really looked like. And everybody's like, are you okay? <laughs> it looked terrible. And it was painful. Not only to look at, but it was painful because it was burning these spots. I had, I had lots of red spots on my face burning. And then And only then did my doctor, she said, okay, you've done enough. Okay, now put on the healing cream. Only when the potential cancer was burned away and my face was a mess, then I was ready for the healing cream, which I started putting on right away and it started working very, very quickly. In about a week's time I, I was I was back to looking like my normal self. Uh, when I was finished my skin, the crazy thing is when my when I was finished, my skin looked better than ever. I was even better looking than before. I'm kidding, obviously. Uh, I was even but one but seriously one of the side effects was wherever it burned the skin, it actually burned away the wrinkles too. And I wish you should have, should have burned the whole face, right? But but it actually burned away the wrinkles uh, wherever there was red spots. I was like, just like the rich and famous. They do these face peelings. I, I did a half of a face peeling, right? And now I look so young that lots of people come up to me and say, they they think Kim is my mother. <laughs> I love to say that, which nobody does think that. They don't think I'm her father. But anyway, we'll go there, all right? <clears throat> now, here's the thing. Every one of us has unseen skin cancer. Only oh, it's a lot deeper. Every one of us has unseen cancer. Unseen cancer. We have a leprosy lurking deep within us. Deep within us. We just can't see the effect of it. We can't see most of sin's effects. Some sins you can see. Some of our sin effects you can see in our, our bodies. But imagine if all of our sins were visible. If every time we committed a sin, imagine it created a, a pimple or a zit. Can you imagine? And it was permanent. It was going to stay there. Can you imagine? Well, we'd be covered, right? Uh, and that's, that's these sin spots. The unseen cancer, the unseen leprosy is visible to God. Every action, every thought, every evil desire, every one of them is completely visible to God. He can see them all. Hebrews 4.13 says this, Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of, of Him to whom we must give an account. God sees it. Oh, He's got x-ray vision. Uh, he's really got He can see it all. But So it's visible to God, but we need the Word of God the Word of God, for us to see it. We need the Word of God for it to, to burn these spots and show us what we have. The, the We need the Word of God is what the medication that burns and convicts us and leads us to repentance. In fact, I just read Hebrews 4.13, but the verse just before it is what I'm talking about. Ver, four, Hebrews 4.12 says this, "...for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword." It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Word of God is what cuts deep, what convicts us, what shows us our sin. That's what the Word of God does. And then after we read the Word of God, after we hear the Word of God, after we're convicted and burned by the Word of God, then the gospel is the healing cream. Then we come to God and His Son, Jesus Christ, and we receive His mercy and grace. After we repent, walk away, turn away, are convicted, we, then we come to Jesus, and that's the healing cream. But so many today, get it backward, so many today preach a gospel without repentance. They teach a gospel without repentance, and they end up with false Healings. They end up handing out the wrong medication, getting the medications all mixed up, and people never really get their healing because they never really get the conviction that has to come up first. So many preach a false, a false gospel, and they end up with false, re, re, false conversions. It, you end up with a false conversion if you're only handed the, the grace cream without the burning the word burning cream you're going to end up with a false conversion you're going to be inoculated to the true gospel i prayed the prayer i hear people say it all the time i prayed the prayer i'm like really hey yeah i'm fine i already applied the jesus cream uh it was painless it didn't hurt at all didn't affect me at all didn't change my life at all <laughs> ooh you ha- you used the wrong cream pal i always say no jesus no change no change no jesus right no change, no Jesus. No Jesus, no change. If you really apply the the, the right cream, the Word of God, yours are going to be a change. It's going to be it's going to be painful. It's painful. Hebrews four twelve says once again: For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. The word of God is sharper than any human sword; it cuts deep. We are saved by, um, we, yes, we are saved by faith. We are saved by that healing cream that we put on. But what leads us? Yes, we got to put on the healing cream. We got to come to Jesus for that mercy and grace. But what leads us? To put our faith in Jesus, what leads us to do that is, is his, what leads us to put our faith in Jesus, what leads us to put our faith in his death on the cross is the realization. The realization that we are lepers. The realization that we need to repent. We've got to come for the healing cream, but first we've got to have the burning cream that will lead us to repentance. That's If, if we aren't convicted of our sin, realizing that we're lepers, realizing the depth of our spiritual sin and disease, we won't come to Jesus in real faith. It'll be a false faith. There has, that's what leads us to do that. Yes, We, 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 there has to be repentance. Yes, we're saved by faith, but there has to be a repentance. Paul said in Acts chapter 26 verse 20, he's preaching to Agrippa and he said, I preach that they should repent. He's talking to King Agrippa. He said, I preach that they should repent and Prove the repentance. I'm going to have to look it up. Okay, I preach that they should repent and turn to God and prove the repentance by their deeds. I'm going to say that again. This is Paul. I preach that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. Repent, turn to God in faith. Repent, turn to God in faith and prove it by their deeds. There should be a change in us if we really put our faith in Jesus Christ. Yes, Paul preached that we are saved by faith. But he stresses the repentance that leads us to that faith. Paul preached that we are saved by faith alone in Christ alone. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Nothing we can do. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you are saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. We are saved by faith and grace alone. He stresses that. It has nothing to do with works. But true faith. True faith, biblical faith, is preceded by a conviction of sin. That's what drives us to Jesus Christ. That conviction is what drives us to Jesus to put our faith in him. And if we don't have that, we are that's not real faith. It has to be what drives us is, is that repentance. The repentance, turning away from that sinful, leprous lifestyle to Jesus Christ. We have to put on the burning cream in order to put on the healing cream. Have you done that? Have you done that? Have you truly done that? Have you truly repented and then put your faith in Jesus Christ? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For it is by grace you are saved through faith. And this not for yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For it is by grace you are saved by faith. Have you put your faith in God's grace? The gift that he gave through his son Jesus Christ. Have you done that? And then, and only then, as we, we are truly putting our faith in Jesus Christ. But then, as Christians, after we've been convicted of our sin, turned away from that sin, the word is cut to our heart, we put our faith turned to the cross, and our leprous condition come crawling up to Jesus, we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we have, uh, find salvation. Once we are saved, then we still, as Christians now, <clears throat> we're already Christians, we already have a relationship with God. We already are staying in fellowship with Him. We already know we're going to go to heaven someday with God someday. But we still have strongholds that need to be exposed and to be burned out. We still need to do that. Joshua. Remember the book of Joshua? We studied through that. And, and Joshua, they, they, they followed Joshua through the Jordan River. Picture of salvation. They got to the promised land. Picture of reaching salvation. They're now saved. But what did they have to do? Jericho. AI. All kinds of places they had to fight against. All kinds of strongholds they had to overcome. Because that's that we still have to deal with many strongholds our entire life knocking down strongholds as God brings them to our attention. That's why we need to be in the Word. Because as we're in the Word, as we hear the Word being taught or we're studying it for ourselves, both are very, very important. As we hear that, it will convict us. Hebrews 4 12. Once again, for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart that's what the word of God will do is will show us the strongholds in our life and as we meditate on God's word and and we, and we see the sin strongholds in our life the red spots will grow will show up they'll start glowing they'll show up and as as we have allowed Hebrews 4.12, the word of God to convict us and to cut us, that will lead us then to Hebrews 4.16, a couple of verses down further. Hebrews 4.16, after we've been convicted, it says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy uh, uh, let us then approach the throne of co- grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need it says let us approach god's throne we've been convicted of something a sin a stronghold we don't want to hide on god we don't want to let sin, shame keep us away from god it should drive us to our knees and right to god's throne no matter what we're covered with no matter what has been exposed in our life and it happens our entire life what do we what needs changing we can't change it only god's holy spirit can do that we come to god it says let then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy, which is forgiveness, constant forgiveness for whatever we're dealing with, and grace to help us in our time of need. The strength, the spirit, the, the battle, whatever we're battling, the grace to get through whatever stronghold we're, we're trying to knock down, the grace to do that. To find our healing. We come to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace and find our healing. I tell you, say to people all the time, get your healing. Christians, you're saved. Now get your healing. Get your healing. And sometimes we need to find a brother or sister in Christ. It's too strong and strongholds too strong. We need to find a brother and sister in Christ to, to help us, to encourage us, to, to, that's why it says in James confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed confessing our sins very very important to each other sharing what we're struggling with with, with a trusted brother or sister in Christ and also we need spiritual doctors that's what pastors are for uh we need we need so pastors can often help us see something that we can't see on our own that's what Paul said to Timothy correct rebuke and encourage three things the only one's positive in my mind correct rebuke and encourage, he tells Timothy. That's how he's supposed to be ministering. Uh, And that's what my job is. That's why I get paid the big bucks. (laughs) To tick you off. I'm joking about the big bucks, but not ticking you off. To tick you off, to to help break those strongholds. How is God working in your life right now? Let's pray. Uh, Just a minute. I need to quiet down my crowd out here. They're having a theological debate. Hey, guys. I didn't want to try to pray through the loud noises out there. Uh, Josh is home, and Megan's here, and everybody's here, and we have some very lively conversations, believe me. But anyway, let's pray. How is God speaking to us? Maybe as a Christian, are you in the Word? Are you in the Word, hearing it and, and studying it for yourself? Is the Holy Spirit able to convict you to work in your life? Are you coming is is that conviction leading you to the throne of grace so that you can find mercy in grace? What in your life is God speaking to you about right now that you need to go to that throne of grace to find mercy and grace? Not shame, not fear, but mercy and grace. Anytime, for anything, no matter what we're we're dealing with, no matter what we've done. What is God calling us to come to that throne of grace for? Maybe it's so strong that you need to talk to someone. Maybe me or Kim or another Christian brother or sister or a Christian counselor. You need to talk to somebody to, to break it finally. To really break it completely. Nothing breaks a secret sin like sharing with another person. Sharing with God and another person. There's a reason why James has confessed your sins one to another so that you may be healed. There's a power in breaking that secret with God and another trusted Christian friend, and maybe you're here and you're listening to this, but you still need salvation. You still need salvation. You are still a, a a spiritual leper. Maybe you've even prayed the prayer of faith, but there was no repentance that led up to it. There was no. You didn't use the the burning cream. You just you took the free cream, the you know the cheap grace, the the, the fake Jesus cream. But maybe today you understand for the first time what true repentance is. True repentance. Turning away from old sin and old life and turning to Jesus Christ on your knees asking for that healing. The prayer of faith. Dear God, please forgive me. I I repent. I turn away from my old life. I turn away from the sin. I repent of that. And I turn to Jesus. Leprosy and awe. I turn to Jesus. I ask Jesus you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in you. My faith in what you did on the cross for me put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, you are no longer a leper. You can now come to God any time through His Son, Jesus Christ. You can now open His Word and it will be alive to you. It will be a, a, a sharp sword. It will be a great encouragement. The Holy Spirit will bring spiritual power to you through His Word. I want to encourage you to let somebody know if you've put your faith in Jesus. If you have a family member, a friend, some family member, somebody you can share. Or if you don't, then email me. I'll I'll, I'll be excited for you and help you grow spiritually and help you get connected spiritually with another group of uh, church or Bible study. You can email me nhcc at Comcast.net Father, I pray for every one of us that daily we would be in your word being cut to the heart by your word and it would drive us to your throne, the throne of mercy and grace. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Next time, another Wilson will be sharing. Nate Wilson. And uh, don't forget, we'll be outdoors in a couple weeks. And those who can't be with us outdoors, it'll be online every time from then on anyway. Okay? God bless.